transmission is coming to you. This transmission is coming to you. This transmission is coming to you. Welcome to your deep dive for truth. Everyone out there is searching for the truth, but sometimes the truth hurts. It can have repercussions that are detrimental to the health and safety of you and your family. The first thing all truthers need to know is that the system will always try and discredit the information provider when said provider start informing the general population and get too close to the truth. Therefore, the Deep Dive for Truth team will be wearing their COVID masks to ensure we stay safe and anonymous while providing the opinions or facts that some of you may have never heard before. The desire for truth runs deep in all truthers. If you want to know more, join us on our Deep Dive content and support the Deep Dive for Truth team with your positive responses only. Any negative response is not appreciated. Red pill or blue pill? This choice is for real. Reality is here. Would you like to know more? Welcome to Deep Dive for Truth. Welcome to Deep Dive for Truth. This is Big T for Truth. And alongside me is DDI. How you doing, DDI? I'm doing good. It's been a while since been here, huh? Yeah, it's been a little while. You know, MC's a little busy tonight, and but he handled the first Human Agenda uh, episode mm. on episode five, so we know what's going on out there with that. This is kind of like setting the Human Agenda to the next level of where they're going and what they're doing. So first of all, I'd like to say thank you to all the listeners. We're in... 17 plus countries or 48 states in the united states uh just to let all followers know that uh, the twitch uh, tv is going to be now uh once a quarter we're, we're just going to reduce that down because the response there is good there's not a lot of uh, communication and questions so as we build up we'll uh check it out once a quarter and i'll let, you, let everybody know same with uh putting these out in videos once we start getting into these areas ddi that are a little deeper into what's happening in the world we're probably going to do less video and more audio so welcome to the podcast thanks a lot anchor for getting the podcast out there spotify apple Podcasts, um you know rocket cast all those all the podcasts out there we got our patreon up so if you want to become a patron and get the deep dives there's more information and uh as a matter of fact ddi let's put out the deep dive from episode one to the public it's been long enough we'll start releasing the deep dives so episode one if you guys like the deep dives go become a patron you guys will get the deep dives in the future for future episodes go to our website support us we're going to try to get the uh, deep dive for truth team out on missions uh donate a dollar to whatever mission is up on the up on our uh, website that'd be great deep dive for truth with spelled that out uh f-o-r deep dive for truth.com check out our website um become a truth ambassador that's another donation and uh you actually get some inside scoops of what's happening behind the scenes of the world and everything that's going on on that note we're gonna be doing some merch every episode has a little something that i want to try to eventually build up my uh, merchandise get you guys out there uh, supporting the deep dive for truth team become truth ambassadors only you guys will know when you see somebody wearing that shirt that uh, they're a truth ambassador and that you're part of the team and for the answers to the truth to all these theories some people call them conspiracy theories but they're theories and we're going to look at it scientifically we're going to try to pull the threads of truth and connect the dots. That's what we've been doing. And we have some background stories to this. So DDI, right now we're going to go into a very special episode with Jesse Ventura. You know, his old uh, conspiracy theory on True TV series. Mm-hmm. Basically. It's very old, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's uh, I think, two, early 2000s. 
2002, 2003. All right. But mm. the thing of it is, is this is a warning of what was to come, a prediction from a doctor who knew a little bit of something that was coming. And they were so fearful of it that the doctor ended up leaving the country. So it's a good little episode here. DDI, got anything else for us? No, not as of right now. Let's just get right into it. Let's uh, uncover it. All right. Let's uncover this uh, this first step of our uh, what's going on with the human agenda, vaccines, and depopulation. Jesse Ventura's investigation into the secret society that runs the world has led to this. A meeting on a remote airstrip with Dr. Rima Labo. The physician fled the United States in fear of the Bilderberg's plan to use vaccines to kill off much of the world's population. They will induce a pandemic using the nasal mist vaccine, which is a live attenuated virus. That means that if I take it, I can infect you. You're going to get the flu. Everybody around us is going to get the flu. Then the United States government, based on their statements that they've already made, will say, oh my, we have a pandemic. Oh my goodness, we don't have enough doses. So we'll admix squalene at the 90,000 injection stations that the Department of Health and Human Services announced that they will ship the vaccines to. People lining up, sometimes by the hundreds, for an H1N1 flu shot. What that means is a holocaust, a genocidal holocaust. Men and women will sicken and die, and those who survive will be infertile. If people start dying massively from these inoculations, won't there be like a revolution, a rebellion, a rising up from the peasants? Briefly, until the 420,000 U.S. military swing into action. If you remember, NORTHCOM, the Northern Command, was created not long ago to, among other things, relocate the population in the event of civil disorder or pandemics. Doctor, what you're saying is that if people refuse these vaccinations, that FEMA's gonna put them into almost like concentration camps around the country? I think you have to leave out the word almost. Doctor, how can you say this stuff? Let me tell you a story. In 2003, I had a patient in my drug-free medical practice who was a head of state. And one day she said, you know, it's almost time for the great culling to begin. The what? That's what I said. The what? She said the great culling, C-U-L-L-I-N-G, when you thin the herd. I said, what are you talking about? She said, it's almost time for the useless eaters to be culled. And she said, those are the people who are consuming our non-renewable natural resources. I said, who are the people who make this decision? She said, we, the aristocrats. This person you talked to, 
you're bound because you're a physician and there's, there's the relationship that you can't talk. Is this person a member of the Bilderbergs? She is not Queen Beatrice. She is not the Queen of England. She is not Henry Kissinger. But she certainly presented herself as a member of that power elite, and she certainly was a head of state. Now, the Bilderbergers are much talked about at this point. I said, who's behind this? And she said, well, you've heard of the Bilderbergers, of course. I said, are they the people at the top? She said, no. The investigation is about to move into uncharted territory. Doctor, we're talking about some wild stuff here, extinguishing 90% of the world's population. Now, what you're saying to me is the Bilderbergs are not the top echelon, that there's somebody above them? According to what I was told by this woman, there's a council of seven men, and they make long-term decisions about what they want to see happen, which country rises, which country falls, which economies prosper. And it's really important to understand that these people have no affiliation to a religion, no affiliation to a nation, no affiliation to a political party. They are acting according to their own rules, and their rules are not the ones that the institutions we believe in adhere to. And you're saying these people mean genocide? The swine flu is one catalyst. Remember, if you're a genocidalist, you have to work really hard to kill six billion people. As a military person, somebody trained as a SEAL, you know that the SEALs might be able to carry out the job, but you also had backup and collateral strength. How powerful are the Bilderbergs or the people above them in the world? Not as powerful as we, the people, in the aggregate are. When we raise our voices, every single time they step back. The problem is, the dirty little secret is that we have that power. They don't want us to know that we have that power. Her warning delivered. Dr. Labo heads back to her hideaway in the mountains of Panama. Her message is clear. It's up to everyone else to decide what to do with her information. All right, TDI. This was back in 2002, 2003. This Dr. Uh, Labo, she uh, got out of the country then, went to the mountains of Panama because she knew something was coming. Yeah. Basically, the swine flu was coming around, and, and uh, there was issues with things that were happening, and she, she got frightened. She made the decision to get out then, and maybe it was heading that way, but then something stopped and delayed what the, the big plan is. Right. I remember back in the early 2000s, I was actually working with uh, someone who was just there as a, a part-timer, kind of a contract person. They were actually getting married to the second-in-command for FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. It was kind of really interesting how I was kind of talking about, you know, Jesse Ventura and the true conspiracy theories on True TV back then. And I said, well, I said, you know about FEMA camps and for Federal Emergency Management Agency? I said, you must know about them. She goes, yes, I do. And I said, well, there's a lot of conspiracies or a lot of uh, theories out there, which is what I like to call them as theories, about what's going on with these camps. And you know what she said? She said, well, they... They have those for emergencies. And I said, yeah, but I heard that there was 
train cars that uh, have, you know, are, have been trains and buses and places where they can shackle people down and bring them to these FEMA camps and lock them down if they have to. And she said, well, there's a lot of information I can't talk about. And I said, well, I said, you know, you're a really nice lady, and if I just ask you certain questions and it's not real or it's not true, you don't have to say anything. But if it is true, maybe you could say something. She goes, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit here and listen to your questions, and I'm going to tell you, because you're a very nice person, when that happens, do what's best for your family, for you and your family. So she goes, that's how I'll answer it. Do what's best for you and your family. She was going to respond mm -hmm. to things that were potentials. So here I am talking to a person that has direct knowledge of what's going to happen. And this is back in, like I said, early to mid-2000s after this, this show came out and I you know, was talking about it. So I started asking her. I said, are these camps made for other things other than emergency use only? And she said, do what's best for you and your family. And I said, okay. I said, are they going to, you know, use these as uh, concentration camps or torture or whatever? And no response. So that was very interesting. So I said, uh, are they going to have an incident to where it's going to be like a national emergency to where people are going to need to be bussed or put on trains and potentially uh, grouped up or harnessed and brought places? And she said, do what's best for you and your family. And I said, okay. I said, uh, well... It's kind of interesting that these things are kind of happening. I said, but you're going to be right in the middle of all this. And don't you have a family? And she said, yes, I do have a family. And she said, but my fiancé is retiring. And we've bought land in Arizona away from people. And built a nice place to stay away from people. And I go, what about your family? Aren't they all over the uh, the country or different places? She goes, yep. When things start to happen, they're going to come to us and stay at the place. I said, okay, very interesting, very interesting. So, you know, talking about that stuff. And uh, so then I said, um, so this this big catastrophe or this big issue that they're going to have to institute these camps, these FEMA camps or places things, are they all over the country or are they just where the emergency is? And she didn't say anything. I said, well, all right, let me put it this way. Are these camps all over the country? And she said, do what's best for you and your family. I said, so how do they know if their emergencies are going to be in those areas? Why do they have so many camps? And so I'm asking these questions. She just keeps saying, do what's best for you and your family. So now I'm thinking, okay, so they've got these camps, and there's going to be an emergency, a major emergency. And um, supposedly, 
I said at the time, I said the the theory was that it was going to happen in Maryland or around that area of the United States to put us into emergency. And she said, do what's best for you and your family. So then I said, is it an asteroid? No response. I said, is it a nuclear bomb? No response. I said, is it an out-of-control virus? And she said, do what's best for you and your family. And I said, which is very, very interesting, that I even thought about this. I said, so knowing what you know, what do you think about the situation that's going to happen? And her response was, first time she didn't say, do what's best for you and your family, but she actually gave me a response, was, I can't believe our country is going to do what they're going to do. And I'm hoping that it doesn't. I'm believing that it won't. And she goes, and that's really all I want to talk about this anymore. So then we stopped talking. That was a little interesting story with the history behind some of this. So I kind of, that kind of drove me into finding out uh, DDI the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you start seeing these things, hearing these things, and then you start hearing people that are in potential positions or knowledge of things based on reality, you just go, hmm, you know, makes you think. Now, again, I'm not saying that that's what the government's doing. I'm not saying, you know, everybody's got free will that, you know, you can do what you want to do. They definitely, uh, you know, this doctor here was talking about spraying a nasal spray. Right. As a vaccine. Yeah. And I'm just thinking that that's how they were going to spread the virus. Mm-hmm. What did What is the first thing that when this virus broke out, what did they have people do to, to test it? What did they do? Swab their nose, right? They swabbed it, yeah. And if this thing is so contagious, why do you have to swab it all the way to the brain almost? Why do you think that is? It's almost like they're trying to ensure that they put something in, like virus yeah. like the nasal spray blows up in all the way up into your sinuses mm-hmm. so it's almost like they wanted to make sure that whatever they were putting in and and you know i'm not saying they did i'm not saying they didn't i'm just saying that if they wanted to they could have you know 15 20 of the samples for testing putting way up your nose could have been already infected and they those people come back positive and oh we got a spike Oh, people yeah. are, are now whatever. But those people get sick in time and they're spreading it to other people. Right. So I don't know if anybody's ever checked the testing swabs, blanks, before somebody uses them. But it's been, you know, I heard stories that like in Florida it was really hot and the family was supposed to go in for their their tests. Yeah. And they it was so hot outside, the line was so long, they ended up going home. Well, through two, three days later, they got a phone call saying that they all tested positive. Hmm. But they never showed. They never took it. Right. They never showed up to take it. They, but they still were crossed off and marked as positive. So um, there's, been a, there's been a lot of uh, situations that, you know, people have report, misreported or, 
have said things, and it's just it just makes you think about okay, if they wanted to if they wanted to spread a virus or a pandemic, and there was only one person at the beginning that had it here in the United States and wasn't all over the place, and it was just cut just getting here, and all of a sudden it happens all over the country, right? Well, the quickest way to get it throughout the country is to have swabs contaminated. So again, if this Bilderberg group, if you look at the the map here, right here, the Bilderberg group is only part of the think tank situation here on the uh, pyramid of the Illuminati and the Council of 13 who rule the world. So we're going to go into that in a little bit, but first we want to see the next video. But the the thing that I have to say is, you know, DDI, have you heard any strange stories about the COVID or anything that's kind of like made you think? Well... Just found out a little recently, I think it was just a few days ago, actually. Well, one of my um, relatives, my cousin, she uh, has three boys, and one of them did get the vaccine. And it was one day when they were walking from their local high school to the middle school, and this is the oldest son, and the oldest son said, mom like my chest hurts and she said oh like where she's like a little bit like to the left side so okay like you have to understand the walk between the high school and the middle school is actually fairly far and mostly uphill so at first she thought oh maybe it's just it's a hot day you know they're walking up they're going through it maybe it's just heat exhaustion or something like that just breathing breathing hard and then they went home and Later that night, he he woke up. He was like, "Mom, my chest still hurts." And she was like, "Oh, like, like they weren't near anyone or anything. Maybe it was just like allergies. You know, allergies can make you congested and sometimes give you body aches because it can be that bad." And told him to go to sleep. And it wasn't until later the next day that he said it again. That mom, like my chest hurts. Like, my chest hurts. And he's like, where? Like, still the left side. So, told him to pull up his shirt. And he looked. And he did. And she looked at how he was breathing. She could see his ribcage going back and forth really fast. Like, breathing, like, maybe closer to hyperventilating. Right. They went to, uh, they went to the emergency room and... Went over and they're just like, yeah, it looks like there's some type of um, issue to the heart. And then they give him like a standard OTC that like calms down the breathing and stuff like that. But then went, I think a few days later to their regular doctor. They were trying to uh, explain to the doctor, his chest hurts to the left side. We think it's something to do with the heart. And doctor was kind of, I don't mean to be rude, but he was sort of just nodding along nonchalant not really paying attention yeah yeah and she's just like hey like this is serious like his chest hurts turning left side and the doctor ended up snapping back a little bit like not not too much like a yell but like he's like listen i'm not here to look at the left side of his chest i'm here to look at the heart to hear about the heart and we're just like isn't that where the heart area is you know towards the left side of the chest but he just he was sort of I won't say deflecting, but I guess just, I don't know if there's any misunderstanding or anything, but 
All right, what does this have to do with the corona? After that, about an hour later, they got a call. And this was from an actual hospital. They asked questions about it, and then they proceeded that, yeah, maybe your son needs to go to the hospital because there has been a few reports now that ages between 12 and 16 that they're actually starting to have heart issues with the with may or may not be with the vaccine. Oh, the vaccine itself. Yeah. I now they you. don't they don't fully know. Again, it's just a few reports. They don't know if it's just outliers or not. Right. But it's a maybe, as they said. Right. To the phone. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. The vaccine has had problems, but they're not reporting it. <clears throat> they're not getting it out there because they don't want people not to take the vaccine. Right. Why is that? If you were having problems, wouldn't you want that to be out there to everybody? I mean, literally, wouldn't you want that to be out there so people know that, oh, okay, if you had the vaccine, I just had the vaccine shot, at, you know, between 12 and 16, you know, I could have a problem. And if I start having problems, that's, that's interesting. I didn't hear that. I haven't heard people that, um, you know, young kids that have gotten the vaccine shot have had issues. Well, that's the, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's... Again, it's still, as of right now, very few reports. Yeah. That's one thing that you've heard, right? Yeah. Okay. It's it's one of those things to where it's a personal decision, and I get it. Some people have immunity issues. Some people have um, autoimmune system issues that, that they have to protect themselves so they can't get the virus, and then other people might think that, hey, I should have this because it's important for me to have. The thing that I would say is learn everything you could possibly learn prior to getting your vaccine. And if you've already got it, keep an eye on your health. You know, everybody's a big chemistry set. Uh, you definitely need to watch yourself afterwards. Um, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Water is the great dilution. Yeah, dilution of pollution. You know, that's the whole point of it. You can dilute it to where it's not harmful. I have something here that I wanted to just kind of, before we go into the next uh, little spiel, I want this guy here to tell you what you think prior to us discussing vaccinations right here. I'd like to take a moment to share with you some questions and answers that just this week were uploaded and answered from our very own CDC website, regarding the experimental vaccine for COVID-19. Question, if I get vaccinated, can I stop wearing a mask? CDC answer, nope. If I get vaccinated, will I be resistant to COVID? CDC answer, maybe, but probably not. If I get vaccinated, I won't be contagious to others, right? Answer, no, the vaccine does not stop transmission. If I get vaccinated, how long will the vaccine last? CDC answer, no one knows. Why? Because it's still in its experimental phases. If I get vaccinated, can I stop social distancing? No. So then what is the advantage of getting vaccinated? The answer from the CDC, hoping the virus won't kill you. Question. Are you sure the vaccine won't injure or kill me? CDC answer, no guarantees. Question, if statistically the virus has a 99.97 survival rate, why should I get vaccinated? CDC answer, 
to protect others. Question, so if I get vaccinated, I can protect everyone around me, right? CDC answer, no. Question, if I experience adverse effects from the vaccine, am I entitled to be compensated by the manufacturer or the government? CDC answer, absolutely not. You see, the government and the vaccine manufacturers have 100% zero liability. Why? Because according to the CDC, it's an experimental drug. So let's take a moment to summarize, shall we? The COVID-19 vaccine does not provide immunity, does not eliminate the virus, does not prevent death, does not guarantee you won't get it, does not stop you from passing it on to others, does not eliminate masks or social distancing, does not eliminate lockdowns, and if you have adverse effects, you're out of luck. So is everybody in this world just stupid? I'd have to say probably not. Unless, of course, you're one of these people driving around in your car alone with a mask on, then yes, you deserve an award of some kind. Or if you truly believe that if you're standing in a restaurant, you can get COVID. But if you're sitting, you can't. I'm afraid if you believe that, you are aimlessly wandering through the forest of stupidity. And all of this now begs the question, why is it that the powers that be absolutely insist that you must be vaccinated with their experimental drug? Well, the answer is really pretty obvious if you think about it. So wake up and think about it. That guy there was just giving you a wake-up call. <clears throat> and it's very important to understand what he was trying to say. Again... If you've gotten the vaccine, we're all a big chemistry set, you'll probably be fine. Or if you've had problems, let us know. Send an email. We'll try to get it out to the, you know what, hey, what's the CDC is really not talking about <clears throat> all this stuff. So uh, that being said, let's, let's go over to this uh, other one because uh, we've been through this before. People might not know it, but we've been, we've had 40 million people line up for vaccinations during the swine flu epidemic. And this is a little... Uh, little blip on that. Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to three and a half billion dollars because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976 when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real indeed. This virus was the cause of a pandemic in 1918 and 1919 that resulted in over half a million deaths in the United States as well as 20 million deaths, as well as 20 million deaths around the world. See how easy it is to... Thus, the U.S. government's publicity machine was cranked into action to urge all America to protect itself against the swine flu menace. Influenza is serious business. During major flu epidemics, millions of people are sick and thousands die. Well, this year, you can get protection. The vaccines are safe, easy to take, 
and they can protect you against flu. So roll up your sleeve. Protect yourself. One of those who did roll up her sleeve was Judy Roberts. She was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her legs. I joked about it at that time. I said, I'll be numb to the knees by Friday if this keeps up. By the following week, I was totally paralyzed. So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to be. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? A neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for short. These neurological diseases are little understood. They affect people in different ways. As you can see in these home movies taken by a friend, Judy Roberts' paralysis confined her mostly to a wheelchair for over a year. But this disease can even kill. Indeed, there are 300 claims now pending from the families of GBS victims who died, allegedly as a result of the swine flu shot. In other GBS victims, the crippling effects diminish and all but disappear. But for Judy Roberts, progress back to good health has been painful and partial. Now, I notice that your smile, Judy, is a little bit constricted. Yes, it is. Is it different from what it used to be? Very different. I have uh, a greatly decreased mobility in my lips, my lips, and uh, I can't drink through a straw on the right-hand side. I can't blow out birthday candles. Uh, I don't whistle anymore, for which my husband is grateful. It may be a little difficult for you to answer this question, but have you recovered as much as you are going to recover? Yes, this, this is it. So you will now have a legacy of braces on your legs? for the rest of your life. Yes, the weakness in my hands will stay and the leg braces will stay. So Judy Roberts and her husband have filed a claim against the U.S. government. They're asking $12 million, though they don't expect to get nearly that much. Judy, why did you take the flu shot? I'd never taken any other flu shots, but I felt like this was going to be a major epidemic. And the only way to prevent a major epidemic of a, a really deadly variety of flu was for everybody to be immunized. Where did this so-called deadly variety of flu, variety of flu, where did it first hit back in 1976? It began right here at Fort Dix in New Jersey in January of that year when a number of recruits began to complain of respiratory ailments, something like the common cold. An army doctor here sent samples of their throat cultures to the New Jersey Public Health Lab to find out just what kind of bug was going around here. One of those samples was from a Private David Lewis who had left his sickbed to go on a forced march. Private Lewis had collapsed on that march, and a sergeant had revived him by mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. But the sergeant showed no signs of illness. A few days later, Private Lewis died. If this disease is so potentially fatal that it's going to kill a young, healthy man, a middle-aged schoolteacher doesn't have prayer. The New Jersey lab identified most of those soldiers' throat cultures as the normal kind of flu virus going around that year, but they could not make out what kind of virus was in the culture from the dead soldier and from four others who were sick, four others who were sick. So they sent those cultures to the Federal Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia for further study. A few days later, they got the verdict, swine flu. But that much publicized outbreak of swine flu at Fort Dix involved only Private Lewis, who died, and those four other soldiers who recovered completely without the swine flu shot. If I had known at that time that the boy had been in a sickbed, 
got up, went out on a forced march, and then collapsed and died. I would never have taken the shot. The rationale for our recommendation was not on the basis of the death of a single individual, but it was on the basis that when we do see a change in the characteristics of the influenza virus, it is a massive public health problem in this country. Dr. David Sensor, then head of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, is now in private industry. He devised the swine flu program, and he pushed it. He pushed it. You began to give flu shots to the American people in October of 76. October 1st. By that time, how many cases of swine flu around the world had been reported? There had been uh, several reported, but none confirmed. There had been cases in uh, uh, Australia that were reported by the press, uh, by the news media. There were cases in... Uh, none confirmed. Did you ever uncover any other outbreaks of swine flu anywhere in the world? No. Now, nearly everyone was to receive the shot in a public health facility where a doctor might not be present. Therefore, it was up to the CDC to come up with some kind of official consent form, giving the public all the information it needed about the swine flu shot. This form stated that the swine flu vaccine had been tested. What it didn't say was that after those tests were completed, the scientists developed another vaccine, developed another vaccine. And that was the one given to most of the 46 million who took the shot. That vaccine was called X53A. Was X53A ever field tested? Uh, I, I can't say I would have to. Uh, it wasn't. I don't know. Well, I would think that you're in charge of the program. I would have to check uh, the records. I haven't uh, looked at this in some time. The information form, the consent form, was also supposed to warn people about any risks of serious complications following the shot. But did it? No, I had never heard of any reactions other than a sore arm, fever, this sort of thing. Judy Roberts' husband, Gene, also took the shot. Yes, I looked at that document. I signed it. Nothing on this that I was going to have a heart attack or I'd get Guillain-Barre, which I never heard of. What if people from the government, from the Center for Disease Control, what if they for disease control, what if they had indeed known about it? What would be your feeling? They should have told us. Did anyone ever come to you and say, you know something, fellas? There's the possibility of neurological damage if you get into a mass immunization program. No. No one ever did? No. Do you know Michael Hatwick? Yes, mm-hmm. Dr. Michael Hatwick directed the surveillance team for the swine flu program at the CDC. His job was to find out what possible complications could arise from taking the shot and to report his findings to those in charge. Did you know ahead of time, Dr. Hatwick, that there had been case reports of neurological disorders, neurological illness, apparently associated with the injection of influenza vaccine? Absolutely. You did? Yes. How'd you know that? By review of the literature. So you told your superiors, the men in charge of the swine flu, in charge of the swine flu immunization program, about the possibility of neurological disorders? Absolutely. What would you say if I told you that your superiors say that you never told them about the possibility of neurological complications? That's nonsense. I can't believe that they would say that they did not know that there were neurological illnesses associated with influenza vaccination. That simply is not true. We did know that. 
I said that Dr. Hathwick had never told me of uh, his feelings on this subject. Uh, and he's lying. I guess you would have to um, make that assumption. Then why does this report from your own agency, dated July 1976, list neurological complications as a possibility? I think the uh, consensus of uh, the scientific community was that the evidence relating neurologic disorders... So, uh, we've been down this road before with vaccines and shots, and but this time uh, the government is and the pharmaceuticals are not held liable so 46 million people took the shots 4,000 dead that were uh, confirmed through the vaccine now other people might have had illnesses or died only so many sued so but there's people that might have got sick or or died that was from the vaccine but they don't know they just never knew and never knew to report it or to sue you know what i'm saying yeah so that was just kind of um, an interesting couple of blips. Uh, the other uh, gentleman was just trying to wake wake us up. What's what's crazy is here we are at this point. We're definitely trying to figure out through this theory process of using information from doctors, professionals, scientists, what's going on here. And then, of course, obviously your own visual situation like you know things you can see and hear and and know what's going on do you know what's happening in india right now people are uh, not getting the ventilators or oxygen they need right yeah i heard about that yeah and they're uh dying a lot of of people are dying and then they they can't really take care of all the bodies yeah they so normally it's 70 dollars to bury a person now everybody's pretty poor over there Mm mm-hmm but because of the pandemic, it's $400 to properly bury a body. So these people, the families don't have the money. So they take them out and burn them. Or they throw them in a river. So the some of them are burning them in the towns. If they're near a river, they throw them in the river. Then when the river has a flood or whatever and washes up, there's you know thousands of bodies that are starting to come out. So they're having issues. So let's just look at, at the theory of, is it because of no ventilation, ventilators or oxygen mm-hmm. or is something else going on. China will never release their numbers. You'll never really know what's going on. Same with Russia. Yeah. And Europeans, they uh, like in England with AstraZeneca, that vaccine, uh, they're having major problems. They tried to get that information out, but they squashed it. They can't really tell what's going on, but supposedly it's sterilizing young people. Now, I don't know if that's true. If anybody's over there in England, I know we've got people from England listening. Uh, give me an email and shout it out, and let's find out what's going on. So, but anyway, so here's the next uh, little piece that's going to wrap this up um, and kind of put this all in perspective as to how easy it would be for when the time comes for them to take care of us. So uh, let's listen to this one. Governor, there's just a little town up the road. Madison, Georgia, on the side of Interstate 20, near train tracks, close to an airport, perfect for smuggling in people like you and me under the cover of darkness. But this place didn't need any barbed wire to keep people from getting out. What in the hell is this?
coffins, plastic coffins. So each one of those is a separate coffin stacked on top. There's probably, what, 20 to 25 per stack. And how many stacks? Literally hundreds of them. And you can fit four dead bodies per plastic coffin. It's basically a giant body bag. Tens of thousands of coffins. Officially, they're plastic grave liners. Seven feet long, three feet deep with lids. The company that makes them says they're just being stored for people's pre-needs. Well, who in the hell has a pre-need for this many coffins? Unless they're planning a massacre. If they had to get rid of people or dissidents or whatever, they got, certainly got the caskets for it, don't they? And what would their argument be, though? The place that makes these boxes used to be a research and development arm of Hercules Incorporated. Hercules is a major defense contractor with ties to Halliburton. The feds gave $385 million to a Halliburton subsidiary to build the detention centers. It seems everything that I'm investigating, the trail seems to lead to Halliburton all the time. Exactly, uh, Governor. Uh, the admitted Homeland Security contracts with those camp centers, I mean, that's admitted in mainstream news. It's Halliburton. It always goes back to Halliburton. But it doesn't end there. These detention centers and camps are run by FEMA. The federal agency that's supposed to help us in crisis is ready to round us up. FEMA already has the country divided into 10 regions, and they match almost perfectly with the Council of Governors' 10 sectors. And so these are sitting here waiting for the implement of martial law, possibly. And remember, this is right outside Atlanta, Georgia, where the Centers for Disease Control is based. Alex Jones was about to fit the last piece of this puzzle, how the concentration camp plan would be put into action. I'm going to give you some of these secret government documents that we've gotten from where they admit that they've got stockpiled for the biological pandemic. This is the perfect pretext to bring in martial law using the fear generated by a pandemic. They'd start a pandemic as an excuse. An excuse to put away anybody who gets in the way of their power plan. The feds would trigger a nationwide outbreak of deadly disease. The bodies would pile up, the military would pile in, and the concentration camp gates would open. We have government documents where the CDC is preparing for mass pandemics, hundreds of thousands or even millions dead. There's this massive preparation uh, going on for plagues and literal megadeath. Megadeath. Well, that's one way to put it. It makes you wonder about all the flus that spread like wildfire, how quickly they kill, all the outbreaks and vaccinations, and how simple it would be for the elites to put the plan into action. And we may have arrived just in time to expose the evidence. In the hours after we left, workers began hustling to get the coffins out of there. It was time to meet the ones who are making all this possible. Again, in Deep Dive for Truth team, we're uh, taking you on an adventure with truth mm. and connecting all the dots and the theories. Now, if you've stuck with us so far on this uh, episode, you're going to realize that there's a lot of connections here. There's a lot of truths, <clears throat> and it's already happening today. I can honestly say that the only way to fight back against 
the Council of Thirteen, who is the world's richest and most powerful families, who <clears throat> have the Committee of Three Hundred basically run the world for them. The only way that we can ever get them to step back or back off or stop doing what they're doing is to rally together, to honestly to have a voice because everybody that's had a voice in the past that have tried to get the word out, connect the dots, put the truth out, has been um, naturally died, Mm -hmm. disposed of. Again, this is a theory. Uh, I can only connect the dots and pull the threads through for everybody and uh, the DDI and and MC and the uh, Deep Dive for Truth team can pull all this stuff together. I think it's important for us to get a foothold. Power is based on money in this world, in this country. I know I'm asking for donations for my missions and also for you to become a patron and also to become a truth ambassador. But the best weapon to fight the Illuminati, the most powerful elites, is with their system because there's no other system. And with numbers of people and finances. And so, yeah, I'm kind of doing this as a sci-fi alien fun thing. Talk about these theories, connecting the dots between depopulation, the human agenda, the alien agenda, one and the same. But now let's just look at it from the human side. What if there's no aliens? What if these elite want to get down to five, like in the last episode, 500 million people from almost 8 billion? It doesn't leave a lot of room for too many people to make it. So there is hope. The one thing the Deep Dive for Truth team is trying to tell you is your body is resilient. You're a big chemistry set. You can withstand a virus. You can, not everybody, and for those people that have lost people to to the virus, I'm heartfully sorry. I'm for the human race, which means everybody. And I just know that when people lose loved ones, it's difficult. So I understand. And when people almost lose loved ones, it's very scary. But that's sometimes in life that happens. But our bodies are resilient. Our minds are intellectual. They're trying to dumb us down with fluorides. You brush your teeth every day with fluorides. So they're just keeping us from utilizing the full potential of our brain. And what they're trying to do is control us to where we line up for slaughter when the time comes. If this is what the Illuminati and the New World Order is all about. It's been predicted in the Bible, the New World Order, and the end times. They've actually talked about, in the end times, the people that still believe in God and that are God-fearing Christians and whatnot will be hunted and chased throughout the wilderness and in caves and all that stuff, and you're just going to try to survive and save people that are still here that might not believe, but maybe we could save their souls. And the ones that won't deny Christ that get captured will be put into camps until they're going to be decapitated by guillotines. Now, everybody's like, when I talk about that stuff to people, I'm like, you know, hey, that I, I do know a little bit of something. About 15 years ago, the U.S. Army started purchasing guillotines basically when the uh, 911 and then uh, afterwards there was the terrorists chopping off the heads of Christians and of Americans. And they said, well, you know, if we ever ha- get to the point where we have to do the same, obviously that's the thing that they fear most and whatnot. So we've got to have these guillotines. So I don't, you know, so certain people in the Army knew about them. 
They purchased 30,000 high-tech steel guillotines to have in this country. Kind of bizarre that in the Bible, in the end times, those who stand by Christ will be righteous and beheaded and that these these times are are changing. So, again, it's all about your personal beliefs. This is episode six. We are talking about New World Order, uh, the vaccines, and the depopulation, and a little bit about uh, the Illuminati pyramid. So from here, what we're going to do in the next few episodes is we're going to go through each level of the pyramid and talk about every section and and get the truth out. We're going to get these theories that we hear and we're going to follow the thread. We're going to follow the money. We're going to get the truth out. We're going to find we're going to let you guys know, uh, like in this in this pyramid uh, that you saw on the last episode as our emblem there for our picture. Uh, debt slaves. We'll, we'll talk about how. Uh, when you're born, you're given a certificate, and that certificate is a value point or value with a number on it, and that you're actually a, a commodity to the New World Order, to these people up here. So everybody's got a value. You're basically a commodity or or like a livestock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in the end. In the end, yeah. So they, they're deciding what's going on and what's happening. But we'll we'll get into that in the next episode. So that's pretty much it for episode six. DDI, do you have anything else to add into any of that? Did you did you know about the coffins? I've had heard some things that there were locations of coffins. I didn't think they were that big exactly. I have heard that there were certain, like, the government has had, like, thousands of coffins. Again, I have heard of that. Again, I didn't think it would fit up to four bodies or a big body bag. Yeah, so think about that. They said that there was about 200,000 coffins times four. That's 800,000 people. So it's not even a million people. Our country's got 300 million in it. So, but that's only one location. And that was early 2000s at the time? Yeah. But, I mean, supposedly now I've seen and heard things that They've got these coffins, these plastic death containers uh, at many, many different places they've been sighted. And what was crazy is they've also seen them building underground crypts Mm -hmm. that they're using these cement-type crypts that you can just pull up and, believe it or not, the dimensions to just slide in. The coffin size was for a large-size coffin. And then when they're done filling them, these crypts, these big cement crypts, because it takes it ta- they take thousands of them. They just cover it in sand. Cover it, and the, so the the crypts are built actually underground, like dead down into the ground. So you yeah. bring them up, fill them up, and cover it with dirt and sand, and pile it up on top of it. And you never know; people would never know until they, you know, excavated it. Who knows when? But anyway. So this is episode six. Uh, Again, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor. Uh, Become a patron. Support us. That's all I can say is uh, we're trying to get the truth out there. We're trying to help the homo sapiens uh, of the world. Um, We're all human beings. We're all the same species. And I believe in God, family, country in that order. If you believe in God and you're a family person and you are proud of your country 
Uh, and to me, that means you're part, part of the, you're part of the world. So you're part of this whole family. So you're part of our family. And, uh, so family's very important, but God is all almighty. He's your soul and, uh, he'll, he'll carry on. So again, everybody believes their own thing. You might have your own God. You might have your own being or energies or whatever. That's great. You know, in my book, God said, everybody's got free will. So, you have the free will to believe whatever you want, and that's awesome. I'm not going to push my stuff on you. You don't push your stuff on me. We all have free will. But my point is is that good conquers all. Good conquers evil. Until we take back financially and numerically for our species and start pushing back, these people will continue to have us line up for shots. And they'll also be pointing something that looks like a little gun to your head to take your temperature. Now, right now, it's temperature taking. Hmm. You know, the next time or two times from now or three times from now, three viruses down, it could be a laser bolt or who knows what. Hmm. But, you know, I'm not saying they're going to. I'm not, hey, honestly, let's think about this for a second. EDI. Doesn't mean this is real. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. You know, this is a theory. These are all theories and possibilities that could or could not happen. It really... And it's already out on the internet. So er- everything's everything, out there. Everything that we're talking about, we're just kind of connecting the dots. It, but it's also up to you to make sure that you find out for yourself. Yeah, you got to... I think we're just here to tell you that it's out there. And it's up to you whether or not you want to keep pursuing it or not. Right. And, and you know, I know you guys are listening in and spending some time with us. That's great. You're, we're doing some digging for you and we're covering some stuff or whatever. Hey, become a truther. Become an ambassador of truth. Help the team out. Do some digging. Email us. Join the team. Join the Federation of Truth. Guys, girls, everybody, human beings, species, that's what we all are. We got to come together, stick together to fight against this one world government. And they're not for us. They're for them. Some of them in the lower levels are for money, and they're doing whatever they're told, but the rest of them are for themselves and for what they believe. And honestly, up until the very top, most of them might think that it's a a good thing that they're doing for the world for, okay, because supposedly the number one threat to mankind's survival is overpopulation because we don't have enough uh, resources, but... We're resilient as a human species, and we can overcome many, many things. So um, they, they, they truly believe what they believe. We need to truly believe what we believe. We need to band together. I can't say it enough. I'm trying to, to let you know. And we're going to get our latest deep dive. Uh, I mean, our first deep dive from uh, the strange sounds from the earth. We're going to put that deep dive out. If anybody that's already listened to the whole thing without the deep dives, we're going to put that out to the main public so you guys will hear the deep dive. Comment, email me, tell me what you think. Well, that'll be on Patreon, right? Yeah, so it's on Patreon, but I will also release it on all the podcasts Okay. with the, with the deep dive. So what I'm going to do is in time, I'm going to re- go back to the first episode release a deep dive, then the second episode. and So that way everybody can eventually get the deep dives too without bringing too much attention to me because uh, and us because and, your, and you people out there that are following because um, 
once we tap on some certain informations, we're going to be knocking on the door of knowledge, and they're going to start seeing us as a, as a, um, maybe a movement or a threat. And that's not what the purpose is. The purpose is, is to help the human species. And guess what? They don't even realize I'm trying to help them. Those people there don't realize that they could accidentally wipe out our whole species with this stuff that they're doing. They're just crazy. And to say our governments don't work with viruses and things that can kill they got stuff they got bombs that can probably blow up the world they they got viruses that can wipe us all out i mean that they're keeping under tap so the trick is not to let them out the ones that they don't have the cure for or that that will kill them too so that's what they're they're trying to find that fine line but that's if this is all true you know what hey hopefully it's not yeah if it's not then we're just having a good time telling a story yeah and it's good entertainment, and you guys can enjoy this. And guess what? If uh, if it's not, and everybody's copacetic, and that's great, then fantastic. I mean, we can move on, and this our species will continue. But if if any of these theories stick or connect, or if you people listening work for the government or work for the uh, medical fields that know stuff, that really know what's going on, email us. If you definitely want us to get some information out there, email us with your story. Uh, maybe we can get to get the other, we can get you on the phone or something like that. We'll do a, a podcast with you. Everything um, will be anonymous. Every, if, yeah. if we have to, we'll voice change you too. Yeah, you know? we won't put you on video. We'll put you on audio only. We can voice change you um, if you got a story to tell. Yeah. I really appreciate everybody. DDI, thank you so much, MC, for helping. Just oh, and one more thing, not not just Apple Podcasts and all that stuff, and Anchor, and believe it or not, Twitch TV. When I do use it, and YouTube is out there too. But my website's good. the The website for the team is good. Um, we finally got that out there. The theories of the third kind is doing their hundredth show. Oh yeah. And uh, believe it or not, I talked with Aaron. I uh, had a little brief interview with him i ran into him and we kind of talked and he, he said he was doing a podcast had some questions to ask and i answered him and uh real quick blurp and then he's just like okay well um you know what's your podcast again and i told him and so he's uh gonna let his people know about our podcast so theories of the third kind is is uh awesome they cover so much and and uh, have a lot of fun with it. They they tap into a lot of conspiracy theories and and theories and uh, it's it's really interesting. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna help them uh, get their information out and so they basically they they really tap into it, go over, discuss it, things and like and whatnot, and then um, you know we dig we dig it deeper and and find out what's going on and we try to stick with a subject and and keep hammering it and then. You know, in the end, what is this all about? Being entertained. Are you not entertained? <laughs> right? I mean, that's I mean, the whole point. We yeah. want to entertain you, yes, but we'd like to help the human species too. Right, DDI? Yeah, we'd always like to bring the facts to the table. Right. Because in the end, you want to know the truth, right? Yeah, some people do. Some people don't. It's it's sad if it's true. It would be. But the good thing is, like that one Dr. Labo said, the one thing that that we don't realize we have and that they're afraid of is when we band together and stand up to them. And that's why we need more ambassadors of truth and start our movement. Join the Federation of Truth and uh, let's be a voice and push back. 
So this is uh, Deep Dive for Truth team, and this is Big T. And over here is DDI. And we'd like to thank you for uh, listening to us tonight. And episode seven will be coming out behind us. This is episode six. God bless. Peace.